A Millennial Mental Health. I'm your host, Stephanie Cocker, O'Hara, licensed professional counselor. And today I have with me Brianna Severine. She's a licensed professional counselor, licensed addictions counselor, and I believe she has a few other credentials, but I'll have her introduce herself a little bit more to everyone. Hi, my name is Brianna Severine, and um, as Stephanie said, I'm a licensed professional counselor, a licensed addictions counselor, and I'm also a certified psychiatric rehabilitation practitioner. Um, And here in Colorado, I'm the founder of Sonare Colorado, and we are a mental health company that provides in-home and community-based psychosocial rehabilitation, or otherwise called PSR, for folks that are living with more moderate to severe mental health concerns. Okay, well, I'm glad that you took the opportunity to be on today. I really appreciate it. Um, So we'll just kind of dive in. Today, we're going to talk about travel and and mental health, which we've touched a little bit on before, but I think this is a great topic because people have different perspectives, and I'd kind of really love to dive in and ask you, like, why travel is important to you, what it means to you, and yeah, start there. Sure. Well, I think you picked like my two most favorite topics together, mental health and travel. So um, when I saw that, I was like, this is perfect. Those are two of my favorite things in the whole wide world. Um, So, I mean, your question was, what does travel mean to me? Uh, Travel means a lot to me. It's it's definitely an integral part of my life. Um, And in psychosocial rehabilitation, one of the things we talk about often is like, what do you have to look forward to? Um, in your day, in your week, in your month, in your year. And travel for me is really the thing that I um, get most excited about and I have to look forward to. So obviously I create all of these things in my day-to-day life that I love, um, but travel is sort of my big, big, big event every year and my big um, treat to myself and something that when I have it booked, I just, I can look forward to it Um, And if I'm having a a rough time or going through something, I always can say, oh, that's fantastic, because in July, I'm going to X, Y, and Z place with with friends, and that's going to be a fantastic time. Okay, great. What impact do you think travel has on your mental health? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, travel just does quite a few positive things for my mental health. Um, one is that it really just kind of combat uh, combats the monotony of life. I am really like a high variety person. I like to really be, and I'm an extrovert as well. Um, and you know, there are some parts of adulting that are just not fun. I mean, we get up and go to work every day, and we have to pay bills, and we have to, you know, open our mail. And there's just a lot of things in life that that aren't that exciting. And so for me. Travel really allows me to have something that adds variety to my life and really combats that monotony. Um, I think one of the other things that is so good for my mental health with traveling is that it also just allows me to um, have a better outlook on life, um, to experience things from other people's perspectives, to experience other cultures and food and art and music. Um, and outdoor activities. It just lets me remember that we're all connected and that there is some type of, for me, um, divine connection or higher power um, thread that's kind of going through the world and and just reminds me of that bigger connection and and a positive outlook on life. 
And I think the other big thing is just connection in general, right? Like traveling with people and people that I love and care about um, also helps me to feel more connected um, as well. And then there's kind of the obvious one, which is reducing stress, right? Just just having a break from the stressful things in life. Not that stress can't happen on vacation or traveling as well. It most certainly can. But um, just reducing that kind of job, overall job burnout um, and, and, and stress is it's traveling has always been uh, a really important part for me of that, whether it's here locally or internationally. Um, it's always been uh, a really good stress reducer for me. Yeah, I really like what you said about it building both connection with the people you're traveling with, as well as like the world at large. I think oftentimes we can really get stuck in our own little box and our own little world. And we always see as like our problems or the people directly related to us problems or even their joys or what they love. And the fact that there's other ways to love and other ways to enjoy life can be seen when you visit different places, whether, you know, here in America or abroad, because I think there's just so many different ways of experiencing life and it doesn't have to look just one way and travel really, I think, forces you to see that more directly than just like going to work, coming home, that every day, like you said, boring things of life, like opening your mail. Um, so I really like that. And also the connection part, I think because our lives are so busy, slowing down and being mindful of those connections can be really even shined a light on more when we travel with people that we love, because it forces us to like have conversations where we're sitting down and hopefully enjoying ourselves rather than just like, oh, I'm running to drive the kids to soccer practice or, oh yeah, I have to get to work. See you later. Like actually get to slow down and enjoy that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The connection piece is, is absolutely huge. Like, you know, I have definitely taken some solo trips, but for the most part, I travel with other people and, and, you know, my, my best friend and her husband, and now my godson, they live um, in California and my parents live in California. Um, So I, you know, I'm not from Colorado, so I have family and friends across the country and across in the world, across the world, I have friends in Italy and friends in England. And so it's, it's a time to spend, like you said, real quality time with those um, folks, you know, FaceTime is great. And we all love to do FaceTime and zoom, but there's something different about like breaking bread with someone or um, having a new experience, right? Like doing some type of adventure or experience that you wouldn't otherwise do really connects people. So I always, um, absolutely look forward to that part of, of travel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Those memories that you could have with you, you know, hopefully for the rest of your life, you know, those times together, I think, are even again, highlighted during vacations or even just time off, right? Like you don't even necessarily need to travel far. You could just drive, you know, around town or an hour or two out and still like experience quote unquote travel and vacation and that slowing down part, I think, is all what we all need more of. I think, you know, if I look back and you ask me for like some of my top memories, I think the large majority of them would be times that I spent traveling. Um, it, it, it just that tends to be the time that I do things outside of the box or that try new experiences, try new food, right? So a lot of the best memories that I have in my life would be 
were not spent here at home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that. So how do you think it impacts other people's mental health travel? I've heard a lot about, you know, your experience with travel, but I'm curious because I know there's also maybe sometimes stress that comes with travel. So yeah, I'm interested to hear like your perspective on that too. Yeah. I mean, I most certainly don't think that travel is um, something that is a stress reliever for everyone. I mean, I do think that there are people um, that don't enjoy travel or that don't enjoy, um, and, and some people enjoy vacations, but not traveling, if that makes sense. Like my dad is very much one of those people. Like he'll like to go to a nice place and be there for a period of time, but he's not going to want to get him on planes and trains and boats and kind of travel across Europe. That would just not be for him. So um, I think that, you know, for each individual person to figure out what works for them. I mean, is that a family trip to Disneyland or is that like, you know, taking a train around Europe? I think that those travel and vacations can look so different for different people. And so some of it might be exploring with the people that you love or your therapist or the other people close to you, like what works for you and what, um, what aspect of travel can you do that helps your mental health? Yeah. Cause I don't, that's a one-stop shop for folks. Like, I don't think that's a, um, it's the right answer for everyone. Yeah. And I, I like that you highlighted even the different types of vacations you can take, whether it's solo or with girlfriends or with a group of friends or your family or extended family, like all of those like vacations and travel can look so very different. So figuring out like which one feels the most restorative to you or mm-hmm. what places even feel restorative, like Disneyland to me probably wouldn't be restorative. It'd be really exciting, but I probably wouldn't feel very relaxed. So I think even knowing what kind of vacation or travel you need is important and trying to be true to yourself. And when you make those choices about where to spend your time and where to spend your money and your efforts going to. Yes. I, I know for me personally, um, I travel abroad and internationally quite a bit. So I've been to over 25 countries in total. I think it's over like 28. Um, and I've lived abroad. Um, and then I've taken more extended vacations. Like I went and, um, and worked, I, I did work remotely, but worked in Malta for three or four weeks. So I've done things like that, that are kind of half work, but also still travel. Um, and I, Totally forgot where I was going with that. Uh, what were we talking about? I'm like, I had it and then I lost it. Um, about how like different trips can feel different. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Different trips can feel different. So I know one of the things that I do for myself when I'm traveling and um, that I've just learned over time is that I balance the adventure and the excitement with the relaxation. So I don't necessarily love to go to a place where I'm going to stay in one resort or one hotel and kind of do the same thing every day for seven to 10 days that I just know that doesn't work for me. So I always blend the two where I have maybe a city to explore um, a couple of uh, activities or adventures to do, but also have some time on a beach or some time in a nice resort that has a nice spa. So I really take the time and and I've learned that over the years, right? To figure out the balance between the excitement and the adventure and the relaxation, because I prefer to come back to work feeling restored and rested. Um, I also love Disneyland and Disney World, but coming back from that does not make you feel rested. (laughs) 
come back feeling exhausted. And so, um, and when I do trips like that, then I try to take a day or two off, um, maybe back at home before returning to work. Um, and that's the balance. If I do have some type of trip that, that I know is going to be more exhausting, how do I, how do I take some downtime before I transition back into work? Yeah. I like to call that like the vacation from the vacation. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I just came back from this nine day, uh, vacation with my siblings and my husband and his uh brother and it was fun but I definitely needed like a day in between like the nine days of like constantly being with people and like a day to just like be by myself and like re-energize and I think sometimes people don't really consider that or really understand the value of that because I think they're just like, okay, well, I've been on a vacation. Now I have to go back to work. And then they're just like exhausted that day that they come back to work. And I know in the past I've thought to myself like, oh my goodness, like I almost have more work to do now that I've left for nine days. So I think even that's an important part of vacationing, like setting yourself up so you don't have to feel like, oh my goodness, now I regret taking this vacation because now I'm exhausted or now I'm overwhelmed at work or now there's like 15 things that I have to do. Um, so like setting up like as much as you can, obviously I know there's like limitations to certain people's careers and, and, uh, finances. Um, but what you, whatever you can do to set yourself up for success, I think is also important. Otherwise you're going to be stressed. Like when you come back from vacation or even the very end of vacation to me, sometimes there's like this phenomenon that people talk to me about as a, the therapist, like the Sunday blues, right? They're like <laughs> anticipating going back to work the next day and they know they have so much to do. So if there's some way to circumvent that on vacation, like I definitely think that's something to pay attention to, to improve your mental health as well. Absolutely. And I can tend to be a workaholic. Um, and I remember the days because I'm an elder millennial. So I don't know how old you are, but I'm an elder millennial. So I remember the days when we traveled internationally and that meant we didn't have any phone service. Um, so I can really compare how different that was. Um, when I was traveling internationally, I had zero capacity to be connected to my life and my work back here in the States. And now that's completely changed because my cell phone works everywhere that I go. Unless I'm on some remote island or something that doesn't have cell service, there's my phone, right? And there are the notifications and there are the emails. So um, that most certainly is something, you know, exactly what you touched on, that, that I have to be very mindful of what are my boundaries going into this trip. Um, I have to set them for myself and I have to remind myself that it is not um, that it's my time for me. And it's not, you know, whether that's putting the notification on my email and turning off and turning off the notifications on my phone. So I can't see what emails are coming in. Um, I have to actually plan that out in advance and set those boundaries for myself um, so that I don't spend time when I'm away working um, because that would be very easy. Mm -hmm. And I think what you said is, it's a very, it's a real reality of adulthood. I mean, some people have jobs that you walk away from for two weeks and you come back and that hasn't added any work. Um, and other people have jobs that when you step away, all of the tasks that you're responsible for are still there when you come back. And so sometimes coming back can mean an increased workload as well. 
Um, so I try to be mindful of that as well and see, is there anything I can delegate? Like who can help me when I'm gone? Um, or like we said, how am I going to manage that? Am I going to take an extra day or two to just catch up, um, before, um, you know, before going back full force and work, like, what am I going to do to, to ease myself back in and, and make sure that I can reap all the benefits of my time off? Yes. I, I went on a trip, uh, maybe 2020, we went to Yellowstone and there's like no cell service in Yellowstone. Like, forget about it. You're not talking to anyone except for the people who are right in front of you. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think was great because I think that was the first time for me in a long time where I really couldn't look at my phone. And mm-hmm. I noticed like just how relaxing that was compared to previous trips where I would like, you know, s- quietly sneak check my email <laughs> Like late at night before I went to bed on vacation or, oh, I just have to respond to this one text message. And that can be a slippery slope, um, especially for people like myself. And as you mentioned, like workaholics, like people who like enjoy working and get something from that, um, but also like really need to relax. So that Yellowstone trip really, you know, shined a light on just how much I really need to unplug. Um, and I've been really trying to be mindful of that going forward on few other trips that I've been on. Yes, yes, that is always a constant struggle for me. And I have to be really, really mindful about, you know, especially like I said, now that cell phones work, um, wherever we're traveling, I have to be really mindful about how I want to set that up. Um, And one of the things I actually set up in this business that I haven't done in the past is that we have a work cell phone and I have a personal cell phone. Um, And that is new for me. In my 25 years in the field, I've always had one phone and um, having two phones was was new for me and was specifically about travel for me um, so that I know that I can hand that phone off to a teammate and that they can cover all the clients if there's a crisis, right, scheduling that I have, I've built in for myself, um, that, that fail safe so that all the clients are taken care of, um, even while I'm away and that phone can just be passed on to the next person. Um, so for, you know, the first time in many, many years that that was a conscious decision, um, to help me be able to have more downtime and spend more time away. Like you said, even if that's a quick girl's trip up to the mountains to go to the spa, um, I have the opportunity of unplugging for those couple of days, um, and getting more energy and and getting more recharged during that, that time. Yeah. I think it's important to know we've been talking about boundaries with ourselves, but even like setting boundaries with other people that you work with. Like I'm not going to be available. Like do not expect me to be answering my phone. Cause I've talked to plenty of my clients who are in tech specifically. It seems like there's a trend here where like, even when they're off, they're expected to be like answering their emails. I'm like, no, you should probably try to set a boundary with your coworkers or your boss or whoever is, you know, you need to like, no, I'm actually like taking paid time off. Like this isn't me just like stepping away from the office for the day to run personal errands. Like this is a vacation um, and trying their best to communicate that to, the, you know, people that they work with. Because again, if you don't set that expectation, they may even find themselves upset with you. Like, what do you mean you're not doing this? This is what I've always expected. So I think that's important too, to protect your mental health. I've definitely noticed that as a very culturally American thing as well. Um, You know, I lived in England for quite a, a, a while and have some really, really good friends that I still see very regularly that still live there. Um, And it's just such a different culture around time off. 
Um, you know, they have the highest amount of time off for having a child anywhere in the world. They just have a ton of PTO, which is just kind of built into the structure of a company and, and obviously the profitability and all those pieces that a company ha company has to work out to be able to give that. Um, but it's also just a cultural norm that when you're on vacation, you're on vacation, right? Like when you're gone, you're gone. And I feel like we don't prioritize travel and, and, and paid time off here in America. You know, we have some of the lowest paid time, time off of any industrialized country. Um, and I think that, like you mentioned, in, in some spaces, there is an expectation of still maintaining communication, even when you have time off. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I'm thinking of another client was telling me that at seven years, she's allowed to have three weeks off a year. But up until then, only one for the first like five and then like between five and eight, it's like two. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's like hardly any time at all. So five days, like out of the entire year for the first five years, you're allowed to take off. Like, I don't it doesn't make any sense to me, like how they think that's sustainable for a person long-term. I mean, people do it because they have to, you know, but it's just, it doesn't seem like it's in their employee's best interest to have that yes. kind of limit. We can't get somewhere very quickly. So, you know, the thought of weekend trips it, it, for us, right in America, it's like most people can't travel to another state in a weekend trip. Um, let alone another country or or trying to plan something. So I think that's the other difficult thing. Um, one of the blessings of Europe and how small it is, is how easy and accessible you are to go to other areas and explore. And we really can't do that. So, you know, one week um, out of a year is a short amount of time. And you know, even for if you wanted to go to, I don't know, Australia, you have 19 hours of travel. So you've already eaten up four of your five days with just getting there and getting back. So it's essentially made parts of this world completely inaccessible to people who don't even have enough time to get there. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I hope that with certain policies that are being put in place and mandates that are being put in place, hopefully that can change. Like I know Colorado this year put in place that there's like mandatory sick time that's paid out, which I think is great. I think everyone should have sick time that's paid out rather than like losing earnings while you're unfortunately sick. Right. And hopefully maybe eventually there'll be mandatory like paid time off that is required. It's unfortunate that we have to make these things mandatory in order for people to have them. But if that's what it takes, I think that's the direction we need to go in. But that's my own little soapbox there about that idea. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, before something like the paid time, you know, paid sick time, um, people were using their vacation time or their PTO for things like doctor's appointments or illnesses, right? So thus cutting even further into their paid time off that they were provided by their company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully things will continue to evolve and remove this like hustle culture that we've found ourselves in. And I think there's been a you know big spotlight on that over the past like two to three years. So hopefully we can continue to talk about it and actually make some like long-term changes so everyone can enjoy travel. Um, or at least time off, right? Like I know mm -hmm. traveling can be costly for some people to afford, but at least like being able mm -hmm. to relax in your own home would be nice for most Americans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, um, 
any final thoughts about travel and mental health? And if not, you can go ahead and let us know where we can find you um, on social medias, your website and things like that. Yeah. So the website for Sonare is www.sonare, which is S-A-N-A-R-E dash Colorado.com. And there you can learn more about psychosocial rehabilitation and how we help folks that have more moderate to severe mental health issues in their homes and in the community. Um, And then you can also follow me on Instagram, which is just at Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-A underscore Severine, S-E-V-E-R-I-N-E. Well, thank you so much. And we'll make sure to post all of that in our show notes too. So people can just like click on it if you didn't have time to write it all down. Um, But I really appreciate your time today and hope everyone um, finds you if they have any questions. Great. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.